worship in the world is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions as we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today.
Let us pray. God, you are our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, even though we change, God, you are with us and you shall not be moved. So may we find ourselves still and know that you are God. May we worship you. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. You can look at the media reels in the morning or read an old-fashioned newspaper with your coffee or call a friend and hear that there is evil in this world. There is suffering. There's immense pain. And some of that is outside of our control and some of that is within our control. We take this time in worship to admit that not one of us is without sin. We are all both sinners and saints. We are all falling short of God's call on our life. We are all in need of Christ's mercy. Jesus meets people often where they are, grants mercy, and then says these words, go and sin no more. So in our prayer today, not only are we admitting that we are guilty of sin, we're also asking for God's help to not create more harm in this world. Let us pray. Jesus, you bent down to wash the disciples' feet. You show us that you are not afraid of our dirt or our sin. And we admit that we get nervous around that kind of unconditional love. Forgive us when we refuse to accept the gifts you offer us. 
Help us to open ourselves to receive your grace. The promise is sure. In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. We are forgiven. We get to live at peace. Thanks be to God. Amen. At this time, I invite Mac and his family forward for the sacrament of baptism. This morning, Leslie and Cody present their son, Charles McGregor Lindhart, also known as Mac, for the sacrament of baptism. Today, we boldly proclaim that Mac is a recipient of the covenant of grace. In in baptism, God claims him as God's own, welcomes him into this family of faith, and as a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. Baptism reminds us that in no stage of life are we ever truly separated from Christ or from one another in the bonds we have through him. Mac, may you always remember that you are never alone. Your parents your church family, and Christ are with you always. Hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ just as he delivered to his disciples after his resurrection. Jesus says, all authority, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. By water and the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, the body of Christ, and joined in Christ's ministry of love and peace and justice. Let us remember our own baptism as we celebrate this sacrament with Mac today. Cody and Leslie, having heard these words of Holy Scripture, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If so, say, we do. And relying on God's grace, do you promise to live that Christian faith 
to embody hearts of service and love and to teach that faith to your child, do you? And do you, as members of the body of Christ, promise to guide, support, and nurture Mac through your words and your actions with love and prayer, will you encourage him to follow Christ and empower him to be a faithful member of this church? If so, say we do. Mac, do you want to touch the water? Test the temperature? No, you you say it's good. Okay. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for your son, Jesus Christ, who washed over this world with your love. In the same way, by the power of your Holy Spirit, may this water now wash over Mac, so that in his own life, he too may share love with others. In your holy name, we pray. Amen. What is the Christian name of your child? Beloved child of God, for you, Christ Jesus came into this world. And for you, he lived and showed God's love. For you, he suffered the darkness of the cross and cried at last, it is finished. For you, he rose again to new life. For you, he reigns on God's right hand now and forevermore. All of this Christ Jesus did for you long before you knew anything of it. And so through these waters, may the words of scripture come to be fulfilled in your life. May you love because you have been loved first. You step forward. Charles McGregor, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. God, watch over your child, Mac. As he grows, remind him that your love is never failing. Give him the courage to speak up when he seems wrong in this world. Give him humility to reconcile relationships when he has done wrong. Give him your peace and your grace and your truth and your light. In Jesus' name, amen. He said he wanted three waters. Making that clear. Friends, this is the greatest news. Mac has been received into the one holy Catholic church through baptism. God has made him a member of the household of God to share with us in the priesthood of all believers. It is so good to be here with you all today. Uh, I missed you. I want to start by saying that I have, I have missed you. It is good to be here with you and to share in worship service with you. Good to see you all. So if I don't get to tell you that individually, I want to tell you collectively how much I have missed you. Our scripture lesson this morning can be found in your program, John chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. And the scripture reads as follows. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already decided that Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, would betray Jesus. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from supper got up from supper, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. That was Jesus doing that. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? 
Jesus answered, you do not know, excuse me, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to take a few moments this morning and deliver a message titled, Show Me Your Dirty Feet. Show Me Your Dirty Feet. Now, I have to admit before I get started, I struggle with the title of this message because I know some of you. <laughs> so I'm going to apologize in advance to your family because somebody's going to go home tonight and say, well, Charles said to show you my dirty feet. That's not the point of this message. <laughs> show me your dirty feet. I have to credit the United States Air Force, actually, the Air Force, with introducing me to the importance of foot care. It wasn't too long into basic training when I, at the time, an 18-year-old, fresh out of high school, had a class on foot care. Now, now, not just a class, it was an experience. It was delivered with intensity and with purpose and conviction. They were serious about foot care. It, it set a tone that extended beyond the class. I remember saying to myself at one point, my goodness, these people really care about your feet around here. More than once I would hear, check your feet, check your feet, check your feet. Man, they were really into feet. What's the big deal, I thought. Just give me my boots, give me my socks, and I'm good. My parents taught me how to clean. I was a clean person. I felt that they did a good job. I got the same message many of you got about cleanliness and all the other things around. I knew to keep my underwear clean in case I got into a car accident. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else got that message, but that in my house, I, don't, I still don't know what that's about, but anyway. <laughs> I didn't realize the importance of foot care. The right size boots, the right socks, keep your feet clean, trimming the toenails, caring for calluses and blisters that inevitably would come from all the marching, what to do before you marched and what to do after you marched. It was a regiment, it was a routine, it was a system how to take care of your feet. And I didn't realize the consequences of not taking care of your feet. And by the way, they had plenty of pictures on the screen of what people's feet looked like when they didn't take care of their feet. You don't want me to go through those pictures with you right now. But they made it very clear. They scared us into, you better take care of your feet. And quite frankly, I know some people who didn't listen. I know of several individuals whose careers were cut short because of inadequate foot care. I know several individuals who were sent home early, who were not prepared for duty, who could not be sent on a mission because they hid their dirty feet. They did not engage in proper, adequate foot care. And this is what's interesting. What, what I eventually learned and came to embrace was that this fascination with foot care was not about having pretty feet. What they cared about 
was could my feet endure the journey ahead? Mobility, mobility could be the difference between success and failure. Mobility. We could be well-equipped, well-trained, well-prepared, knowledgeable, but if we could not move when it was time to move, none of that did any good. Let me say that again. If we could not move when it, when it was time to move, all the training, all the preparation, all the knowledge did no good at all. And sometimes the lack of foot care caused some of us to not be able to move. And we learned that foot care starts with clean feet. Clean feet. You could have the proper boots and the proper socks, but if your feet were not clean, it did not matter. And the one thing you never did was to put dirty feet into clean socks or boots. Show me your dirty feet. It was customary for the hosts during the period of time we're looking at in scripture today, it was customary for the hosts to have a servant available to wash the feet of their guests prior to the meals. If you were coming into my home, there'd be a servant, somebody there whose job was to wash the feet of the guests before a communal meal. Traveling along dirty and dusty roads, the feet picked up remnants of the dirt and the dust along the way. During this time, it was unavoidable. You traveled and your feet were going to get dirty and they were going to get dusty. And also during these meals, it was important because people were not sitting at these high top tables and bars where you could hide your feet. They sat lower to the ground reclined a little bit. Matter of fact, one person's feet and another person's face might have been a little bit too close for our preference. So it was important that if we're gonna enjoy this meal, you gotta clean your feet. Don't hide them. Now there was no servant in the upper room and none of the disciples took it upon themselves to volunteer to wash the other's feet. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, I'm certain they knew the custom and they had engaged in the practice before, but no one picked up the basin and the towel to wash their feet. No one except Jesus. There are numerous lessons that we've heard over the years in relation to this particular passage of scripture. Numerous lessons. It exemplifies and models a stance of humility that we should have with one another. Now, now I'm not saying that we have to go and wash each other's feet. You don't have to wash mine, I don't have to wash yours, but, but we all benefit when we humble ourselves before each other. See, see, just prior to this, the disciples were actually arguing with each other on who would be greatest in the kingdoms of heaven. Who'd be the greatest? They were arguing about that. I like to think that the experience of Jesus the Savior, the King, washing everyone's feet put that spirit of unhealthy competition to rest. I would like to think that Jesus' humility stirred their humility. It's symbolic of the cleansing power of Jesus. In the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah said, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. It was prophesied that Jesus would cleanse us of our sins. And another lesson was that Jesus' approach, and this is a big one right here, it defied worldly expectations. 
It defi- Jesus was good at defying what we thought he was going to do. Jesus was great at defying what we thought power was. Jesus was great at defying what we thought leadership was. Jesus was great at defying the worldly aspects that we try to apply to our spiritual lives. The king, my savior washing my feet, that, that's not a position of power, or is it? Or is it? Show me your dirty feet. Those are a few of the lessons that we're used to hearing from the scripture. But today I want to spend just a couple more minutes talking about the dirt. I like dirt. I like dirt, y'all. I want to talk about the dirt. The dirt and the dust. Like the disciples, we still pick up some dirt and dust along our journey. Now, I'll admit our feet are probably a little bit cleaner because the shoes that we all wear, but we still get some dirty feet along the way. And of course, I want you to realize I'm not just talking literally. I want you to imagine with me what the dirt and dust really actually mean. The dirt and the dust of sin, the dirt and the dust of the struggles of life, the dirt and the dust of the daily routines of just trying to survive sometimes starts to accumulate and it starts to build and it starts to weigh us down. Have you ever been weighed down by dirt and dust? Have you ever gotten to the point where you felt like your mobility was challenged because of the dirt and dust of the stuff that's on our shoulders that we're carrying around? I've learned that carrying the dirt is not a badge of honor. Let me say that again. I've learned that carrying the dirt around is not a badge of honor. The dirt we pick up along the way needs to be cleaned, but we can't clean it if we act like it's not there. This journey that we're going on, and we want to talk about foot care, if we pretend our feet are always clean, it's going to be a short journey. The dust that settles needs to be washed away. There's no glamour in holding on to the dirt that this life piles onto us. The dirt is not our badge. It's not our proof that we're better than somebody else or we've been through more than someone else. It's not our validation. The dirt is going to accumulate and our job is not to hide the dirt. Jesus says, show me your dirty feet. There's no benefit in saying, Jesus, I got this. I clean my own feet. There's no benefit in that. Jesus says, show me your dirty feet. The dust and the dirt of negative thinking. The dust and the dirt of self-doubt. The dust and the dirt of self-defeating habits. The dust and the dirt of an uncontrolled tongue that sometimes you wish you can stop and it seems to go out on its own. The dust and the dirt of unhealed hurt. The dust and the dirt of the cycle of bad decisions. There's dust and dirt all around us, all through us, and all on our feet. Jesus is saying, show me your dirty feet. I've also learned that when we show Jesus our dirty feet, when we commune with each other, when our feet get clean, it's bigger than us. Remember I said earlier that that dinner table reclined down low, your feet might be in my face? Sometimes, I don't know about you, but for me at least, sometimes, when I show Jesus my dirt and my dirt gets clean, my family benefits from that. <laughs> Can I be real with y'all? Just real. Sometimes when I admit my frailty, sometimes when I take it to God, sometimes when I say I can't carry this anymore and Jesus is my salvation, 
my family, my friends, those closest to me benefit. Thank you, Charles. You took that. You didn't have to carry that around. You gave it to God. Sometimes the comfort and consideration of others benefits when we show God our dirty feet. Yeah, we can clean ourselves for personal hygiene, but it's also for relationship considerations as well. And this one hit me right here, and I might get a little too personal. I'll try not to. I will try to. Y'all know me. (laughs) I realized something. There is no clean route for Christians. Let me say that again. There is no clean route for Christians. What, what, What do you mean, Charles? I want to follow Jesus, but I want to go that path where there's no dirt. I, I, I want to follow Jesus, but I want, I want to go that path where there's no dust. What, what's the clean way to go? Where's the way I go and I can make sure that everything stays pristine and perfect? Where's that route, Charles? I don't know, and if you find it, let me know. See, see, every now and then in this journey, we're going to step in some stuff. You ever stepped in some stuff? We're going to step in some. Sometimes, sometimes you can be in church on Sunday morning and step in some, some stuff. You ever stepped in some stuff? Let's be real. And, and, and there's, no, there's no easy path. There's no clean way. Jesus says, show me your dirty feet. See, see, sometimes we treat our Christian journey like the kids do when they get a brand new pair of sneakers. Anybody ever got a pair of white-on-white Air Force Ones? (laughs) My man, I I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Much love, much love. Now, you know if you get a pair of white-on-white Air Force Ones, you wrap those things in plastic, (laughs) you tiptoe like this right here, you can't, and don't let nobody step on them. Anybody ever had your shoes stepped on? They take those things, my man, all right. (laughs) They take those things seriously. Let me tell you something. In this Christian journey, it is impossible to keep your feet and your shoes clean. Just get used to that, y'all. In this journey, our feet going to get dirty. Our shoes going to get dirty. And the beautiful thing about it is that Jesus is there to help us clean it. See, see, I love talking to people about the dirt. I love talking about the dirt. Not because I love the dirt, because I know a way for us to get the dirt cleaned. Not because I want to magnify and uplift the dirt. No, because I know there's a place where the dirt can get clean and washed white as snow. There's a singer, an artist. His name is Alan Stone. I was turned on to Alan Stone about a year or so ago, and he's got this song called Where You're At. And I'm going to read some of the song before I close out. The, the song goes like this. He says, I keep my dirt on the surface so you don't got to dig. The people that make me nervous try to hide all their sins. And I've got no reason to cover my tracks. The best part of learning is just loving where you're at. So love where you're at, yeah, love where you're at, and keep your dirt on the surface and just love where you're at. I wear my sins on my collar so everyone sees, and there ain't no bother in spreading rumors about me. I ain't no angel, but I ain't so bad, and the best part of learning is just loving where you're at. 
y'all, we in some dirt. And so we might as well show each other our dirty feet. We might as well show God our dirty feet. And when it comes to foot care along this journey, what do we pack with us? That invitation from Jesus to show him our dirty feet and let him clean them and clean them. How many times will Jesus clean our feet, Charles? How many times are we going to show them? Just keep showing them. In the Air Force, they said mobility was important because we had to get ready when called, so take care of your feet. We aren't in the Air Force here, but we are Christians. We are children of God, and we need to be ready when called to move. Show God your dirty feet.
Lila Dingle is a child of this church. She's six years old, and she has been practicing the Lord's Prayer a lot. She's been praying a lot, and so she is going to lead us in the Lord's Prayer today. And I'm reminded with Lila's leadership and Max's baptism, the prophet Isaiah's words that a child will lead us. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for our feet that carry us in this walk on earth with you. And we give you thanks that you pay attention to our feet, that you acknowledge the weight they carry, the dust and the dirt and the mud we pick up and try to hide from each other. And Jesus, you go first, you take that humble posture of washing our feet. You remind us that there we find you, Lord. We find you when we serve one another. We pray, O oh Lord, for this world, for the broken parts where there is division and lack of understanding between us. We pray for those who are hungry, that they would be fed. We pray for those without homes, that they would find their home. We pray for those in prison. We pray for those who need your healing. We pray for your leaders, for each of us who are leaders, to join you in serving one another. And hear us now as we pray the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Each week we affirm what we believe together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. So I invite you now to stand and to affirm with me what we believe. What do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Show me your feet. More importantly, show Jesus your feet for the journey ahead, for the cleaning that's necessary. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth now and forevermore. Let the church say amen. 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 Go in peace. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.